Welcome back to another day of trading on Dynasty Wall Street, where every week we take three players and react to their value using the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Now, let's go down to the floor with our traders, Russ Fisher, John Bosch, and Kane Fussell. Welcome back, everybody, to another day of trading on the floor of Dynasty Wall Street. We have a late game substitution. We are, we. it's the trade deadline, and we're just like, you know what? Kane, we love you, but we're, we're looking to make a push for the championship this year. So we sent Kane and a third round pick, and we got Travis May back into our lineup. And Russ Fisher, John Bosch, Travis May here, as always, from now on at least, <laughs> to use Dynasty Trade Calculator and all of its calculating and ranking goodness to help you. I mean, we're at the point where I can say, win your leagues. Like, it's it's time. If you unfortunately have a trade deadline in your league, it's probably oh. coming up kind of soon. If you're playing Dynasty and you're listening to this since it's Dynasty Wall Street, you shouldn't have one. But if you, you play how you want, I guess. Trade I, but, that league. Yeah. <laughs> but so trading is going to be very, very important in the very, well, always, but especially in the very near future. So let's jump right in. Quarterback, hey, I believe. Let me give a big thank you to Kane first. <laughs> like, no, first Kane, Kane jumped in when we rebooted this, and that was awesome. But he is, he's, you know, stepping a little bit away. Um, yes. So I, you know, Devin okay. Marketplace is also going away. So Kane's just kind of stepping away. It happens. Uh, we love Kane. Um, we absolutely love so. Kane. He is a glorious and wonderful human being. Yes. We are happy to have Travis join us, though. So welcome, Travis. Stoked to have you here. Yeah, glad to be here. I'm, I, I'm glad that uh, Russ introduced me as if people should should know who I am. I, that's that's cool. Appreciate it. <laughs> but glad to glad to join you guys and uh, just talk some fantasy uh, football. And uh, yeah, a, a lot of what I do now is more uh, geared towards like real football and then this market that we created at Mojo. But uh, I love to hop on uh, other fantasy shows as well, mid season especially when everything is happening. Bulls are flying. New information is coming and it's hard to even process it all. So it's the most fun time of year to just sift through everything and hopefully help some people, like you said, win their fantasy leagues. All right. Well, I mean, you're not hopping on. This is your show, you know, going forward. Oh, yeah. Okay. And well, I mean, first order business, I think uh, I'll demote Rust. <laughs> hey, lead away, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But oh, I mean, you, you do have quarterbacks, so you do get to go first. So lead away my friend well sweet deal so um you know we we, we did talk about uh you know players that you guys had talked about recently on the show before i joined you but i thought you know look it, no matter what cj stroud's going to come up so i just thought I, I, we really right now uh, coming off of his you know i think it was 1.7 billion yard uh game that he just had uh and i think something like uh, 3.7 k you know touchdowns i think something like that in the same exactly. game yeah, yeah, seems 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 real. Um, we should probably discuss where CJ Stroud is because all over Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it, I've been seeing all these polls like, "Hey, how would you value so and so?" And so I think we should probably take a moment to acknowledge that CJ Stroud is just a meteoric riser. I think uh, by consensus, but to what extent, right? And so, like, where would you rank him overall in terms of quarterback rankings? Is it is he all the way up to the top five already, or is he still outside your top twelve for? For some reason, uh, I think, uh, you know, it's it's interesting because the, the calculator already has updated uh, at DTC and uh, it's fun to see where he's slotted, slotting in already. And so 
Uh, I guess we can kick off just with uh, kind of an understanding or a debate as to where his uh, value lies within, uh, you know, how you would treat future draft picks for C.J. Stroud. Because, I mean, if you have C.J. Stroud, that's great. You may have had an early pick, but you might not necessarily be competing. So you might want to even kind of move him for more picks to kind of restructure and and actually, you know, diversify. Maybe you're, <laughs> uh, hopefully rebuild your team even faster. Um, there, there are all sorts of ways to tackle team building. Um and, you know, maybe strike while the, while the iron is hot, where his, his value is already, what, quarterback seven-ish, I think, on the calculator today. So pick value-wise, uh, it's interesting because, like, with 2024, 2025, I don't know how to value those exactly. But uh, with the calculator, you guys want to dive in and uh, just – Yeah, what's, <laughs> yeah, what's equal good. in the calculator? Well, I mean, right now he's 62.1, uh, depending on the size of your league. If it, you're in a 14-team Superflex league, he's 62 and change. If it's a 12-team league, he's uh, just under 50. Uh, and by comparison, he's already valued higher than next year's uh, first overall pick, uh, regardless of the league size uh, or mm. even format. So that's um, pretty steep for you know a, a player who's just you know a few games in. Uh, we like to overvalue that 1.01, it seems, every year. Um, and it's funny because C.J. Stroud was like the afterthought in many of my leagues, like in terms of uh, the uh, top few options. It was like it was Bijan, it was Bryce Young, assumed to be, be going ahead of him. And in many cases, uh, people were taking Anthony Richardson over him because there was this assumed upside with his rushing. Now Richardson is down. Bryce Young has been terrible. Bijan just got Arthur Smith. He's a Falcon. Yeah, he's a Falcon, so of course he's going to, you know, all the value is getting sapped away, and uh, he's now the running back 14. And so, yeah, it's it's CJ Stroud is clearly the top rookie in this class, and so I guess it makes sense from that standpoint that he would be equated to or or above that of one future first overall pick. But what other, like if you were trying to trade for or trade away CJ Stroud, like what other first or, or piece would you have to add to him like if you had like a you know what seemed to be the an early first would you have to have another early first to, to go acquire stroud well i guess let's let's take this one step further back cj stroud or the 101 like which which do you guys prefer because i'm still taking the 101 like because it's the 101 like until Caleb Williams comes out and pulls a diva move of saying, I'm only entering the draft if this team will, like, will take me, which is what people seem to think he's going to do, I'm still taking the 101 over Stroud, even though Stroud is absolutely killing it and should be top 10 quarterback. So I, I plugged it into the calculator because that's how we usually start. Yep. He comes in as equal to the 101 and the 112. Which is, I think... Like to me, that's I'm I'm gonna take those picks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, every time. Um, that's easy. I'm gonna take the picks there. Okay. Well, not not to spoil who my pick is, but it's also someone that's worth we'll at least say close to the 101. And I just said, all right, no, we're not gonna have that conversation. So I went to the 102, and the 102 is is worth increasingly less. So. If you want to talk about the 102 plus, you're you're talking closer to the 108, 109. So let let's pretend it's not the 101. I so we're talking like Marvin Harrison Jr. or Drake May plus not completely the 112. We're talking about a playoff first, but not not the last pick. And I'm still taking the picks. <laughs> 
Interesting. I'm taking I'm the picks torn. there. I think where it gets difficult for me is if I am on the edge of the playoffs, and this also comes up as about equal, because <laughs> basically the, the the first round picks kind of go in this uh, little like bell curve, like the one the perfectly equal uh, CJ Stroud right now. It just seems to be how it works if you plug them through. Uh, so like the 106 and the 107 also comes up. It's equal CJ Stroud. Now, my question is, if I am just on the edge of the playoffs, and let's say I've been getting by with, as I tend to do, my second terrible quarterback, uh, <laughs> but I appear to like heading into the playoffs, but I also have somebody else's first that is also right there with me in that, you know, middle range. So I have two firsts, but I give those for CJ Stroud right now to I add would. him to my roster. Hell Yes. Yes. If we're talking so, two mids, that like we're we're talking, I've made horrible mistakes in that area. Like Jimmy Garoppolo's no longer going to get me by. But or if you're like me and all of your quarterbacks are Cousins, Stafford, and Daniel Jones. Yep. I'm going to start crying if I keep talking about it. But yeah, two mid two mid firsts. I would very easily send for CJ Stroud right now. What about you, Travis? I think. I, maybe it's just because I'm higher on uh, CJ Stroud than most people. I mean, like a, a year prior to him uh, entering the league, I actually took him over uh, Bryce Young. I, I took him like the, the first overall pick in a Kevin Stanton startup draft um, a, a year ahead of time, just knowing like he's got like the, the best passing profile in the class. And he repeated that and did another, you know, he put up another 98 plus percentile season uh, in his final year and then almost won the national championship. Um, had everything going for him except for, you know, apparently some S2 score, uh, you know, some test that everyone thought, you know, this is the end all be all. Um, and then he steps on the field and has immediate success, uh, has, you know, a few down weeks, you know, goes off for 500 yards and, and like, it's like he's already kind of a hit. So when I look at future draft picks, uh, it, it's hard for me to just say, look, I, and I, I have this hit. I'm going to give that hit up, which is kind of the goal uh, of Dynasty and in, in those picks for one or two more shots. And so if I'm, you know, on the fringe there, um, you know, on, on the verge of the playoffs, I don't know. I, I think I probably prefer Stroud over like mid-range picks. But um, when we're talking, you know, the Marvin Harrison's, the Caleb Williams, I think I give the, that range of pick uh, the, the nod. But, um, you know, even if it's Plus like a, another one on top, like that's the huge thing yeah. for me. Yeah. And, and I think so. It gives me another dart and, and a player that I feel like is a super safe hit between Marvin Harrison Jr. and uh, Caleb Williams, which are the, the two safest, I think, that I would consider today. So if you miss, mix in one of those guys, right, implied between the 101, 1.102 kind of range pick and a late, I, I get it. But uh, two mids, I, I'm probably staying away there. All right. Do you have a list of players for us to uh, rank CJ Stroud with? Yes, I do. So uh, curious how you guys would rank. And they're not all in the same bucket of experience, but um, CJ Stroud, Trevor Lawrence, Tua Tagovailoa, Lamar Jackson. And I'm just wondering, because I'm curious, I want to throw in Justin Fields. Hmm. Oh, this is going to be bad for Fields, I have a feeling. Yeah, I thought so, but I'm just yeah. curious how, how he would rank and how far it is away that he is from that other group. And we are also a Tua-based podcast in the past. Uh, I don't know your feelings on Tua, 
Um, if I recall, I think you liked him. So quite a bit. All right, good deal. So we're we're still a to a a to a fan. We podcast. are still definitely a to a fan podcast. Good. Absolutely. Good, good. good. All right, I, I can go. That, I I would have. I, I would still have Lamar first. <laughs> um, he hasn't fallen out for me. I think the other guys are gaining on him, but I don't think he's coming back to death. I, I think the gap is closing, but not in a bad way for Lamar, if, if, if I'm describing that correctly. So he's still top of my list. Fields is last on my list, um, which is unfortunate. <laughs> uh but until Chicago just seems to fully commit hmm. instead of like does, doing this in little patches where they're like, okay, we're going to let Justin Fields be Justin Fields. And then we're going to have other times where we're just going to play this game that is guaranteed to lose us games. <laughs> they look terrible. Um, so until they like fully are all in on Justin Fields and they don't go back on doing it, I, I can't trust him to be above these other guys. Um, the, the other three, are definitely within a little group here. So I think Lamar's a tier. I think Fields is a tier. I think these other three are a tier. And it's one of those, it's Kane's breath of fresh airs. Um, If I can get a breath of fresh air, plus one of these quarterbacks for any of the other quarterbacks, give me the breath of fresh air. That's how close it is. I mean, Hmm. I I like all of them. I love Tua's weapons. Like, well, yeah, who, I, can't who wouldn't? Say, <laughs> I can't say that I dislike Houston's weapons, but I think Houston's no. weapons are actually being buoyed by CJ Stroud, which should mean that right. CJ Stroud's better. But it also means that he doesn't have as the doesn't elite weaponry. Um, Miami has them. Yeah. Miami has them. Like, Tua just literally has to put the ball in some somebody's hands. As anybody, far as he can. Anybody needs to put it in someone's hands. His players will catch up to the ball. Yeah. Or that, or just throw or, it, or adjust it, or when it's underthrown because yes, they're I too mean, fast. So I think I'm gonna go two a two. I'll go Stroud three, and I'll go Trevor Lawrence four. Again, I don't really have like a big preference on them. I am breaking that tie solely based on Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Devin H. And like those are awesome weapons. If Houston gets that kind of a weaponry around CJ Stroud. I mean, good lord, sky's the limit. Maybe, maybe that, maybe these are the receivers that that he already has. Yeah, weapons and the system and the coach that is just clearly super creative and and is is invested in investing into it. You know, he's just like, look, we're gonna once, make you. Yeah, wants we're gonna make to you better. score. Yeah. Just wants to continuously. Let's score. just drop seventy because we can. Yeah, you know? why not? <laughs> it's gonna be fun. Tyreek, you want to get 2,000 yards this year? Okay, let's, let's try. go for it. Yeah. We'll do it by week <laughs> 10. <laughs> so. so I agree with literally everything that John said. Lamar up top, he is still that tier. He, I want him to get, I mean, I wish Bateman was playing well enough that they had better, more pass catchers because like I liked Bateman a lot and I don't know if he just, can't recover from these injuries well enough but i get that flowers is just seemingly better but like if they and dobbins didn't get hurt like i think that offense can be better and more time in the new offense so like yeah lamar has some down games but i don't care because lamar is that good and i think they can get better um and fields is the bottom for every reason john just said like if they would just commit to letting fields be fields he might be top of this list but they for some reason don't want to do that and again 
the middle three are exactly pretty much the same. The only thing I did differently, I switched Stroud and Tua. And again, for the exact same reasons you said, it, it's just that they're probably going to, in the situations they are in right now, like they're scoring close enough. Um, so why not get the guy who, like John said, is raising the talent of his wide receivers? And if they do go and get some beastly player as a wide receiver to come in, then that just makes him all that much better. Stroud is actually scoring, I mean, less than a point per game more, but Stroud's the point per game QB3 right now um, in trade addict scoring, which I know is a little higher scoring than every other league, apparently. But yeah, so that's why I put Stroud above Tua, and it's literally just because his situation can get better. It's tough for Tua's situation to get better right than it is right now. So I think the ceiling on Stroud could be a little higher. And I love Trevor Lawrence, but man, that Jaguars team just needs to gel and stay gelled and knock this bad game crap off. I like that. I was actually hoping we wouldn't all agree. I'm actually going to agree uh, with Russ myself. I would I would actually put Stroud uh, just, just below, actually, really close to the Lamar range. I'm uh, just really high on him. And I would put Tua right up there with him. But I think for me, there's a tear break, and then we get to uh, Trevor Lawrence for me. Uh, and he has decent weapons. They're not elite weapons, but uh, I, I do like them. I, I've always liked Evan Ingram more than uh, most, I, I feel like, and a couple of decent uh, wide receivers as well. Um, but yeah, I think the situation. I have my signed Calvin Ridley jersey hanging right over there. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, he's when he wants to be, I guess he's good. <laughs> but, <laughs> he's but, too lazy to try and beat out double coverage, it looks like. Yeah, I, yeah it seems that way. But seriously, though, I, I am intrigued by Field just because I don't think the gap is as uh, drastic as um, it currently feels like. And especially that, that can be very different in just a couple weeks from now. So he's he's been somebody I've been fishing around in my leagues just to kind of see what his value looks like because you know it's what two weeks ago like with with certain Bear, Bears fans were like oh yeah Tyson Bajan let's just go with him like he's our guy like now it's like ah maybe not they're just and, so uh, reason that some fans are fans right and, exactly and, and, and so I mean as soon as what like tomorrow we, we could be like oh my gosh Justin Fields hype train if it is that he actually plays and so. The, the, the news hasn't officially dropped as we're recording this, but I think there's a, there's a very good chance he bounces back. And what if he's in a new situation and not on the Bears next year because the GM and coaching staff's gone? They're like, we want to move on. Hey, let's move Fields for more. We already have two early firsts. Let's move him for more. The Bears are completely re, you know resetting the clock, and and Fields is in, in a good spot all of a sudden with with better weapons. And well, I guess he could be worse weapons, but uh, yeah, there's a good chance that next year. He's in even in an even more advantageous spot than he is right now. So I think there's a massive opportunity for him to swing upwards and be right there with all this this tier, which is why, why I wanted to bring him up because he's somebody I've been targeting as of late. Yeah, and just to put it out there um, before we move on to running back, Arizona currently has the 101, and they're going to start Kyler Murray next week, this week, coming week. So they could they win one game. And that's going to drop them to pick three and giving Chicago one and two, which would so, be insane. So one and two, and with an actual good quarterback, I mean, right? But like that also says maybe they take Caleb trade away Fields and yeah. Like, I mean, think about how much more ammo you could add 
by moving fields as well. So it's just like, man, they could completely redo their entire team yep. this year uh, if and, they wanted to. And have Caleb Williams while doing it. All right, so yeah. let's move on to running back. And, and we unfortunately mentioned the guy I want to talk about, and it's someone we haven't talked about since the season started. And it's someone that Arthur Smith doesn't like talking about either, apparently, and that's Bijan Robinson. He was if I if I if I got stuck with running back, I was definitely gonna bring Bijan. <laughs> because I have sold a few farms in my leagues because I was bored and wanted a couple of Bijan shares, which is always my problem in the non-point scoring season. Um and let's just say I'm not thrilled to have done that for Tyler Algiers backup. Because <laughs> oh yeah, he's a good decoy. He he gets more running back usage than Bijan does. Like that's numbers. That's not me being frustrated. That's not like just anecdotal. He literally has Algier gets the ball more than Bijan does. Uh, but but Bijan's been so good away from the ball. <laughs> but crushed oh, feelings aside. Again, I took the 101 out of it because it's just the 101. But Bijan is worth the 102 and the 202. So hmm. it's tough to like because let's pretend you're a competing team that has the second worst teams picks because clearly if you earned the 102 and 202, first of all, love that the 24 individual picks are in there already. Uh, but you're not going to trade for Bijan if your team's that bad. But let's so but let's pretend you have them. Um, are you taking Bijan over your choice of Marvin Harrison or Drake May or whoever that QB2 is, plus a little bit? Everyone's shaking their head no, and I nope. am also. Yeah, no. like, and, and that's really what it comes down to. Like, That's why I felt like we needed to talk about Bijan because, oh, man, did that value just crater. And um, he's a running back. <laughs> yeah, but he's you know supposed... why I wanted the 101 so that I could trade to the 102 and get extra on it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that was we talked about that over and over and over. I only wanted the 101 so I could get the hell out of it because I didn't want to. And if I drafted Bijan, I only drafted him because I want to get rid of him. He's running yeah, back, but like, we, like if he ended up being rookie year Saquon Zeke, like his we value would wait. What it would take a year for his value it... to drop. I get that we don't like running backs and that, that always makes running backs impossible to talk about on this show, yeah. but like, that's what you paid for. You paid for rookie year Saquon and Zeke and we're getting rookie year Samaj P Ryan. I mean, like, Oh my God. <laughs> did you, I hope you, I hope you didn't actually look up a comp. Oh no, it was literally comp. just like <laughs> who was, a I, who could be the most insulting player I could bring up right now. And, and that was just the first name that popped into my head. So, like, I mean, Travis, knowing what you know of players that are going to be coming in, like, what round, around what pick in the first round would you throw for Bijan, knowing that it won't get accepted because people are going to want close to what they paid for him? You know, comparing him to the 2024 class uh, for next spring is really interesting because there's absolutely zero running backs that would have any, that would have any business being compared to Bijan from a prospect standpoint. And, uh, to be honest, we might, well, we're not going to see any run round one running backs uh, next spring uh, in the NFL draft. And we might not even see one until like the end of round two, like maybe like right now, if you crunch every mock draft that's available, like there's, there's no running back that is on average going inside the first like 45 ish 
picks. And I know it's, it's we're way ahead of time. Like it's mock draft season, but like this is not just it, it's a problem. Like all the the running backs that we thought were going to go off and be amazing this year have been hurt, have underperformed. Uh, you know, via volume or efficiency or both. Um, so, you know, Trevion Henderson is like our, our, our last hope for guys that we had preseason expectations and uh, could rise back into that conversation if he finishes strong with Ohio State. But he missed time this year again, and he missed a lot of time last year. So he's going to have injury concerns, uh, I think, right out of the gate. And so he's, gonna, he's not going to be anywhere near that. So all these players that you're considering, uh, in, instead of Bijan, they're going to be early round projection, you know, probably first round wide receivers. Um, and almost, you know, at least half the round one projected wide receivers for next spring, I'd probably prefer over Bijan because, well, they're wide receivers and they're first round wide receivers who have immaculate production profiles. And I'll put some, some names to it in a second. But outside of that, it's just like Drake May, Caleb Williams, whoever the quarterback three is. I'd probably prefer all those guys because there are six quarterbacks that are in the mix for first round capital next year. Uh, realistically, uh, that's probably not all going to happen. We've only seen that once, and it was like 1983. Uh, but it, I, at least the first two, if not three quarterbacks, I would prefer, and three or four probably wide receivers, and maybe Brock Bowers at tight end as well, uh, because he's supposed to be the next Kyle Pitts, and we all know that John Bosch has a soft spot for <laughs> for tight ends like that. I already have Brock Bowers on multiple so, rosters. You know yeah. this. <laughs> so you, you've walked up. One of the you know best tight end prospects of all time, and it, it it sounds like we say that every other year, but he really is like he's he's going to be in that that top ten pick range uh, as a tight end, and so when we're talking about you know names to faces like Brock Bowers, Caleb Williams out of USC at quarterback, Drake May of UNC at quarterback, you know JJ McCarthy maybe at Michigan, he seems to be the quarterback three trending in that direction right now. Whatever who the whoever the quarterback three is, whether it's him or Quinn Ewers, who probably goes back to school at this point. Um, or uh, Bonex or Michael Penix, whoever it is that emerges as the obvious quarterback three, you're probably going to want to take him over Bijan as well. So you're talking about that, like three quarterbacks, a tight end, and then you got Marvin Harrison Jr., which is that's five already. And then if you throw in Malik Neighbors, who's basically, I mean, he should win the Bletnikoff Award this year. That's six players. You're already in, into like late first round projections that I would probably prefer. Russell's All those guys over Bijan decreasing as you go. This is great. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's sad, but like it, it it quickly has devolved in this this situation where man, late first for Bijan. Oh my god, I can't that's not there's no way that's I mean it's never gonna happen, but like no. that's what, what what Travis is saying is the absolute reality of the situation. And yeah, let's face it, the sunk cost fallacy is a fallacy for a, a reason. Like it it is what you can get, like just ugh. But okay, so I made a list, and it's not just running backs because it would just be like, is Bijan your running back one anymore? Or rating the top of lists never really is fun. So is, I is a couple Bichon running backs. Running and a couple back one? Let's answer that real fast though before we do the list. Is he your running back one? He's still, if I, not, who is your? Well, man, you know what? No, because I'm gonna ride my tight end tirade and say Travis Kelsey is my tight end one until he feels like not doing it anymore. Christian McCaffrey's my running back one until he decides not to do it anymore. And it really seems like it will be until he decides not to do it anymore. Like the only time we ever worried about, like, let's pretend Christian McCaffrey didn't fake injure his way out of Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) Like he would be doing what Travis Kelsey claims. Allegedly. I apologize. (laughs) Um, So like, 
so to me, Chris McCaffrey is, is easily at this point my RB1. Even It's like the Kyle Pitts situation when Kyle Pitts was what Kyle Pitts was coming out. People had him as their tight end one and Kelsey is two, but I'm like, but why when Kelsey is like 10 points per game higher than the next tight end? How is he not your tight end one? Like, I'm not going to, I'm going to go against my better judgment and take fantasy points value and put it into the equation a little bit and not just talk dynasty value because Bijan, I think, would be dynasty value alone running back one. But whole picture right now is Christian McCaffrey for me. Same. I, I, I think same as well, just because McCaffrey's in a, you know, he's an alien. Like, he, like we, we, he just, he, he breaks the sport. Like, when he's healthy, uh, there's just nobody else, you know, like he's just it. And so I, I think same page, but at the same time, and as much as I was just a wet blanket with any kind of Bijan hype whatsoever, I will say like he is on pace for, you know, like 1300, 1400 yards as a be- rookie. Like that's really good. Actually. We just had the expectation that he was going to, you know, be this 1800 yard guy right out of the gate. And he, and he wasn't, um, I'm not sure what it looks like in the future uh, for him. He's still very, very young elite skill set. Uh, you know, he's probably in the worst situation usage wise that he should be at all throughout his rookie career. Like if anything changes with the coaching staff, anything changes with the surrounding uh, players, I guess, you know, the, John and, and, and me and, and Russ could just show up and Ar- Arthur Smith would probably just put us on the field instead of Bijan. But, you know, it's probably a, a worse situation now just usage wise than it might ever be. And so I could see the upside and argument for Bijan still being the running back one because of the age argument and i know a lot of people like to toss running backs in the garbage when they once they turn 26 and christian mccaffrey's 27 but we do the reason why I, i'm there with you still is that the running backs and wide receivers both that are the elite elite difference maker hall of fame trajectory types still they break the mold of like the oh the average apex of the running backs it happens at you know age 25.7 um that's not true for the the elite level of playmakers and so until he doesn't, like you said, Russ, until he doesn't, he's going to have to prove that he's done. Uh, he's not. And so I could see because of the wear and tear that he actually has had in terms of overall usage is not actually high given his age. Uh, and he's doing it at, at a clip when he is healthy that no one else does. Uh, I'm, I'm okay just saying, look, he's probably going to do that for two, three more years, and I'm fine just ranking him running back one until he can't do it anymore. So, yeah, it's right there, but it's not not super, not super far away from each other because of the age. Yeah, uh, and and Bijan actually doing better than I think we give him credit for. Um, real quick before we get into the list, and then we'll get right into it. Um, total points in the season because that's taking Achan out of it because of his points per game. He's still the RB one. Uh, six of the top ten scoring running backs on the season are twenty five or older. Yeah, and last and, year it was actually even it was even more than that. By the way, yeah, and points per game. Actually, no, let's stick with total because they're next to each other in every. In total points and points per game, the B Robinsons are right next to each other. And in both of them, the wrong one is in front. (laughs) In total points, it's Brian Robinson at 12, Bijan at 13. Points per game, it's Brian Robinson at 23 and Bijan at 24. So, like, I mean, technically, Bijan is a top 13 scoring running back. And like Travis said, that's not bad it's no it's just, just it doesn't feel good because of what we thought it should be okay yeah. so no it doesn't list... feel good because of what you invested to get him exactly yeah <laughs> and look if you earned the 101 and took him 
you probably don't feel too bad about it. If you paid for that 101 yes. and took him, <laughs> that's where you're like, oh, I feel like I may have overpaid. I like uh, how you put that. If you earned 101 by being absolutely terrible. Yep. <laughs> well, then you, then you you're the absolute worst. You're on your, your way to the 24 one also, even yeah. though you took Bijan. Yeah. You did, you gave up nothing of your future. Yeah. Because you didn't have much to begin with. But, you know, still. All right, so my list is a combination of running backs and wide receivers. All the wide receivers. Yeah, uh, and, and I'm just more curious if Bijan ends up at the bottom of this list. Oh, God. Even oh, though he's listed here, it's only because it's alphabetical. So the list is A.J. Brown, Brees Hall, C.D. Lamb, Christian McCaffrey, and Bijan Robinson. Um, yeah, he's, he's absolutely at the bottom, yeah. He's not at the bottom of my list. Yeah, and he's he's, well, he's the bottom for me just because I, I I wouldn't have thought that automatically if we were just talking, you know, I would have had to thought about it a little a little bit more with the McCaffrey thing. But yeah, I mean, how would you rank him first, John? So the Jet always comes in last on any That's list. That's what I was curious if you were going to talk about the bottom because he's a Jet. <laughs> he's a Jet, so he's a Jet all the way. Uh, he comes in last on the list because he's a Jet and. Look until until the Jets produce a viable fantasy producer, like over in a little bit of time. Uh, I'm just not going to like Jets, which is unfortunate because there's a receiver they have that I like quite a bit, but he's a Jet, and it makes me very unhappy. All right, so uh, Brees is five, Bijan's fourth. Um, it's tough to rank CMC against AJ Brown and Lamb because. This this is the scenario where, like, if I'm competing, obviously I want CMC. If I'm not, I definitely want the right wide receiver. And these wide receivers actually score pretty well, too. So, like, I don't hate having them in any scenario. Um, places where I could turn CMC into, like, AJB or CeeDee Lamb and, and I'm not competing, probably a good move for me to make. Mm -hmm. Probably a good move for me to make because turning the running back into the wide receiver is probably the right move. Just say usually. Probably. It's probably, <laughs> it's usually, more often than not, you're going to be right making that move. Uh, CNC might be the one that makes me regret it. So, like, it's really tough for me to kind of rank the top three here. I will just end up going A.J. Brown, CeeDee Lamb, Christian McCaffrey, and it's solely based on my positional bias of hating running backs. All right, Travis, what do you got? Yeah, I would I would rank I would go AJ Brown. Uh, and sadly, you know, I have to admit as the, the bitter Titans fan that that's just the case. Like he's just really freaking good and he's not um on the Titans anymore. And uh that's what the Titans do. Uh and then CD Lamb and then uh, you know Christian, Christian McCaffrey. And actually, you know, I I I hate to just agree with, with John, I guess, but <laughs> actually I, I do take it back because I was I was looking at the just market share numbers of Brees Hall and thinking the opportunity, you know, um if it never ever does improve because the Jets are the Jets, um, you know, Brees Hall could take a further step, but it's not even as high as I thought as it, as it was because they're they're still getting cute with uh, some usage of the Dalvin Cook coming on the field some, and and it's not a great offense. And so yeah, I think I, just, I think I still actually give the nod to to Bijan, but uh, Brees is somebody who I still ve am very high on, and even like when they were both in college, like they were neck and neck for a couple of years as to uh, the perception as to who would be the best coming out as well. So, yeah, I, I, I get the nod 
to Bijan, but I think it's really he and, and Brees are right there together. Just imagine Brees Hall on a on an offense like the Falcons. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. John likes making people cry. Um, so I also have AJ Brown first, but I did slide in Christian McCaffrey over CD Lamb. And CD Lamb is actually the wide receiver seven on on the season right now so it's not like he's doing bad it's just that christian mccaffrey's scoring more and more of a positional advantage i guess like it's easier to find cd lamb's points than it ever would be to find christian mccaffrey's but they're like neck and neck to me so like to the point where i get that you guys have the wide receiver above so i have cd lamb third i have Brees hall fourth and Bijan fifth because of course you do I love Brees Hall and and it goes back to the situation like he's doing better in a bad situation than Bijan is. And while you said the usage could be better for Brees, we don't need to wait for, you know, a head coach to be fired. Like it it was bad in the beginning and then it got better for Brees. We see nothing of anything getting better for Bijan until hopefully Arthur Smith goes away. And stupid things can happen where the Falcons might make the playoffs. Like they're right in, they're in the playoff hunt. So, right like, if Arthur Smith hangs around for next year, things might not get better for Bijan next year. So that's why I'm like, at least give me the guy who is getting the ball more on a bad offense and still can do very well with it. I mean, he's averaging less than a full point per game more, but he's still averaging more. So that's why I put Brees above Bijan. All right, let's get through. Let's get through tight end. So, what would a tight end on on a playoff, possibly playoff bound, a young offense? Let's talk about a tight end on a possibly playoff bound, young offense. Unbelievable wide receiver lining up around him should be taking a lot of attention away. Amazing, highly drafted running back. Let's talk about the Falcons' best tight end in the world. John U. Smith. Smith. Yes. <laughs> John U. Smith. Oh, uh, yeah. There is a tight end scoring a good amount of points in Atlanta. It is not it, Kyle Pitts. It ain't the one you want. Yeah. Um, as much as Bijan is, you know, great away from Paul in, in, in a decoy and Tyler Algiers backup, Kyle Pitts apparently draws a lot of coverage and, uh, Everybody looks at him except for, you know, the Falcons quarterback, unless they look at him and throw it 10 feet over his head. And the coach sure as hell isn't going to look his way. But boy, John U. Smith gets some looks. And he's definitely cheap. I you just need love the a way tight end. Framed that, you... by the way. Just, just, that, was, that was too fun. So thank you for that. Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> very, very disappointing to me. But nonetheless, hey, I will make moves when I have to make moves. Uh, you have to start a tight end. And maybe you don't have Travis Kelsey. That's a mistake. You should just have Travis Kelsey. We've already established that. That is the rule for tight end. Just go get Travis Kelsey, whatever yep. the hell it costs. But that didn't work for you. You have to put a tight end in there. Maybe you're getting by on Darren Waller. He's hurt. You're looking for another option now. John U. Smith was probably picked up off the waiver wire by somebody. You didn't do it. You weren't fast enough because you assumed the Falcons would never like rely on John U. Smith when they have Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson. <laughs> Drake London <laughs> problems. This is a problem. Again, this is an Arthur Smith hate podcast every week. Um, 
but we might have to adjust. Ajahn Smith comes in on the calculator equal to a 2025 second, actually. Wow. Good for him. I was surprised. That's only like three and a half. Let's let's not get crazy. It's it's a very low value. You're, you know, two years away and it's a second. So would you toss that away when you're desperate? I'm not look, you should not be adding John U. Smith in any league, but you are desperate for a tight end. You need that tight end. Your the rest of your roster looks really good. You feel really good about it. Maybe you have Kyle Pitts and he's just not saying. <laughs> And if he was, you would be set, locked and loaded, walking your way to that trophy. If you take away, away, if if you take away week one where Janu bageled and Pitts only put up like seven points, they uh, Janu is one point seven points per game higher than Kyle Pitts. Oh my gosh, that's crazy! And it's funny, like their their snap count. And that's that's maybe the most frustrating is that their snap count like on the season is almost identical. Like your 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 priority of, of having him on the field, not even as like a decoy, like it's their their snap count is almost equal, which is interesting to me. Kyle Pitts still has more targets, but yeah. Um there's a lot of metrics that point towards Kyle Pitts should be good. Yep. Yeah. I mean we've yeah. talked about him for years now. <laughs> yeah. But John, you yeah, twenty five second. Are you asking? Uh, would we prefer? Would you give? Would you give that for John U. Smith? Yeah. Or um, do you want the pick? I would because a twenty five second to me, if I'm competing, means absolutely nothing. Yeah. And unfortunately, John U. Smith is producing. <laughs> and you, would you feel good giving that and then just oh like, no, him in your starting lineup? Not. No, but I'll do it anyway. Like and then I walk do... away with like fifteen points or something. Like I, I have a team where Waller was my only tight end, and now he's on the IR. Um, last week, I have a couple of teams where Evan Engram is my only tight end, and he was on a bye. I just picked up Durham Smythe and plugged him in. I didn't, I didn't have the guts to see what he did if he actually did anything yet. But, um, but yeah, no, I would, I would honestly do that because when it comes down to it, with the rest of the bye weeks and the way everyone is getting injured. It's not out of the realm of possibility that Johnny is sneaking into my flex spot. So oh my God. I I would give a 25 second for Johnny and I would hate every second of it. Oh, yeah. I don't think I can well, bring myself to do it. I'll, I'll, uh, here, how about I make you feel better about the decision real quick? Can I do that? Yeah. So this is looking a little bit too far ahead for, for people who want to project that far out and with drafts. And we might see some, we always see players return to school and whatever, but uh, the college current college football player pool is like one of the old, like oldest sets of players we've ever seen. And almost all of them are out of their extra year of COVID eligibility. So a bunch of the old guys are, they're having to finally age out of school. And so this, this, this year's class is going to be pretty stacked in terms of having old people in it uh, this year. And a bunch of the quarterbacks um, are, who are coming out and are early declares are going, but there's also like year six and seven. So like, we don't have a lot of guys who are early draft projections who are likely to go back to school at the quarterback position. And the class of, of players who are early declare eligible for the NFL draft in 2025, uh, you know, at quarterback, uh, there's only one of them that's even remotely close to being on anything that we would maybe squint and say resembles, you know, early round projection. And that's Drew Aller. Like he's like they're they're less than twelve I, I think uh, quarterbacks from that recruiting class that have started uh, at all pretty much um, and so it's 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 going down as perhaps one of the worst quarterback classes of all time from a recruiting standpoint 
Um, and uh, yeah, even Drew Aller is, you know, quote unquote, looking like he's on trajectory, but he's like not even been a top 30 quarterback in, in college football this year. So even he doesn't look like a true first round projection at the position. So we're talking about like a, a 2025, a class of zero potentially early declare quarterbacks that have a good enough profile to actually go in that year. Um, and so we're hoping that any value that goes in that class is just some old guy that chose to go back to school after this season. Um, so that, that quarterback class looks like absolute garbage unless something changes. And so like that, that takes some value away from the top of the class and a bunch of uh, the, you know, the flex positions have to go a little bit earlier. And so what you're getting in the second, there's real potential that it's not what you typically see in a rookie draft class, especially in the super flex format. So after that rationalization, I will. So say maybe next. it was really actually like an early third I gave away. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's probably as of today. That's what it really feels like, and to me, that's palatable. And I don't care. I'm just going to go for it. All right, I'll take that justification, and that would yeah, that would make yeah. me feel better. Like there you go. <laughs> but oh my god, it feels it would oh it would feel it would feel so icky. All right, quick, 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 quick hit on the list. Um, we've got uh, John Yu, of course. We've got Cade Otten. We've got Hunter Henry and uh, Chig Okonkwo, Titan fan. Yeah, no. Okay, so Hunter Henry, Chig Okonkwo, and who was the other one? Cade Otten. Cade well, we can just cross Hunter Henry off. He shouldn't have been on there. I don't know why I wrote him down. We'll go with three. Cade Otten, John like Ewer, Chig. A thing, and then he caught a touchdown this week. Yeah. So Cade Otten, Chig, and John Ewer. I'm going to just put them in the list you put out, the order you put out there. Um Johnu Smith, because we know he's scoring points right now. And if you're spending right in this area, that's really what you care about is right now. Maybe Kate Otten can be a thing if Baker's still there next year. And he, I think you've caught at least one or two touchdowns this week, which might skew some people's feelings on him. But as gross as it is and as it shouldn't actually be, Johnu Smith is scoring points. So let me go do that. Like going and throwing an early third out for Kate Otten on a rebuilding team might not be the worst idea if you play in any sort of tight end premium. Maybe, I guess. And Chig was fun while it lasted. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Janu, Kate Otten, and Chig Okonko is my list. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, same order, actually. Um, Chig's, you know, small sample efficiency was, you know, really impressive last year, uh, but that small sample didn't get up to a big enough sample, and I don't think it uh, it ever will, uh, mainly because the Titans don't know what to do with uh, efficient players or good ones, uh, not named. Uh, they trade Henry. him to Philadelphia. Yeah, they, they trade him to Philadelphia. It's like, hey, you might have some talent. Go to a better team. And so, um, yeah, same order. I'll put Otten at the top. I, uh, I'll, I'll take the shot right now and maybe get the uh, age, <laughs> maybe get a little bit of youth to go along with it. And then in a few weeks, I'll probably be like, all right, what's going to cost me on top of Otten to get John Yu? Yep. <laughs> so I will probably regretfully trade him uh, again later for what the trade I should have just made up front. Up front. But for now, I'm going to go ahead and gamble and hope that Otten gives me enough production with a little bit of balance of future possibilities. That I I mean, good Lord. Once John Yu turns into the Debo in Atlanta, well, the sky's the limit, of course. But uh, <laughs> like... For now, I'm going to go with Otten. So, Otten, John, you, yeah, Chig's just on the list at the bottom. Well, talking, I, I, you can't go up after talking about John U. Smith and Kate Otten. So, 
We are shutting down the floor of Dynasty Wall Street for this week. Russ Fisher at Dynasty Outhouse, John Bosch at John Bosch FF, Travis May at FF underscore Travis M. Ring the bell. We are out of here.